Okay, I'm back. Okay. I just had to wet my voice, wet the throat, and and, and uh, pull out some notes here. I went and got a couple of your old books. And um, Bobby, before I forget, um, since Chris, I think, started talking about his books. Uh, actually, I thought about it before that. Um, but you got two books out of three. What is it? Two or three out? Four. Oh, okay. We definitely got some authors in the family. Go ahead and let everybody know what they are. I mean, since we're on the subject, uh, Chris, I'm, I'm really hoping he do well, especially trying to get him in high school. That is such a good idea. But go ahead and let everybody know the four you got out, please. Okay, the first book that I did is called You Must Be Born Again, What Did Jesus Really Mean? And the next one is How to Be Like Jesus. And then the next one is Music Among the Spiritual Gifts. And uh, the fourth one is The Lord's Supper, How Is It Received Unworthily? Wow. Yeah, I got the Lord. I got Music Among the Spiritual Gifts. I got that one. Uh And I got the Lord's Supper, How Is It Received Unworthily? Okay. I didn't, I didn't know you would, uh, you could get that deep, man. That's pretty good books. I read them a long time ago when you gave them to me, uh-huh. and uh, it was back when uh, uh, Aunt Robbie had her sh- uh, the musical thing, the family musical. Yeah. But anyway, before we start jumping off into the facts, Bob, just let everybody know again who you are and how you link to Azalee and Caleb Booker, and uh, just. Just, just line it all the way down. Take your time. You got the rest of the night. You got from 10 to 11 o'clock. So just let us know how you – that will be the first question, how you link to the bookers. Now, I know everybody should know who you are, but there are a bunch of youngsters out there in the family that don't know it. And even those of us that know you, I'm sure tonight you're going to share a lot of things that we have never heard about. So um, please let us know. Okay. Uh, my father – was Ideal Baylor, and he was first cousin to Caleb Booker. Now, how they were linked together, I'm not really sure, because most of the older people in our family who knew about that are now deceased. Uh, So I'm not really sure how they were first cousins, but uh, I I remember that they are first cousins. Now, your dad named Tip? His, Spell his name for us. Big pardon? Say your dad's name. Ideal Baylor. Okay. Because you know what? Uh, Dorothy Jean left this this, this, this uh, packet. I'll call it a packet because it's about six pages. 
of the gats, so to speak. I call them the begats mm-hmm. because it's so and so had so and so had so and so had so and so, and I was just trying to look. Now you're on the Booker side of you on the Booker side, not the Douglas side, right? I'm on the Baylor side. Right, but what do I mean is the Baylor is first cousins. Like for instance, this is how she did it. She's got this thing, this family tree of Gabriel and Hester Booker. They had seven children. Mm-hmm. Okay, one of the children' name was Eli Booker, which was Caleb Booker's daddy. Okay. So it's a whole lot of people between Caleb Booker and Hester and Gabriel Booker. So a whole lot of folks, and it's all kind of names. And I thought I saw the other day. I'm 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 ninety percent sure I saw Baylor on it somewhere. Okay. I'm not really sure about uh, those relationships, and those names that you called are not familiar to me at all. Okay. Uh, I'm only acquainted with and uh, familiar with Kayla Booker. Okay. Uh, It could be that it's on the Douglas side. It could be that it's on the Douglas side. I don't think so. I don't think so. It was from the Booker side. Oh, okay, 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 okay. Now, Juanel uh, knew a little bit more about that than I do, and she used to tell us about it. And we had another cousin. Now, now let everybody know who Juanel is because, you know, for those who don't know who Juanel is. Juanel well, is uh, a booker, I think. Uh, she's She's a cousin, and we don't really know how that works. And then my dad had another cousin named Myrtle, and she was older than we, so she knew a lot more about our history and our ancestors than we did. And I used to hear her talking about how my dad was related to Caleb. There was a sister, uh, a female, and a male. I don't know who who was a descendant of the female and which was a descendant of the male, but when that female was married, of course, her name changed, and we lost. I lost the link there, but uh, these were parents of Caleb or Ideal, and I'm not sure which was which. You know what I I, I say to that. Where, where is Ain Robbie and uh, Dorothy Jean at when you need them? <laughs> I, I, I said it, I they know, I they know everybody. They know everybody. And just so everybody know, last the first show again last week we canceled the show. Wasn't no show last last week because I didn't think people was interested and I canceled it. Okay. But the week before that, Bud was on, and before Bud came on, Dorothy Jean did this uh, audio lineage thing where. 20 minutes, she just went through all of the family on the Booker side, starting with Gabriel and Hester Booker, who had seven children, Julia, Marianne Booker, Lynn Booker, Lucy Booker, Eli Booker, Virginia Booker-Givens, Rosie Booker, Malloy, and I'm not going to go through all these names, but to make a long story short, Eli, again, is our grandmother, Azalee Booker, Ain't Robbie's mother, my mother's mother, uh, their dad, Caleb Booker, that was his dad, Eli Booker. So, mm-hmm. and uh, she went through it was a very, it was really nice. So, anybody listening that want to know more about this, 
Go back to the first show. And how do you get to the first show? I said it. I'm going to say this probably seven more times tonight. You go to www.blogtalkradio. Some of y'all already listening. You already, I see people in the chat room right now. Uh, so I know that there's family listening. What you would do if you're in the chat room, you click on where it says Five Smooth Stones. You just click on it, right-click on it, and, and open up in another window so you won't lose the show. And you just simply, once you go to the front page, if you click uh, right-click on Five Smooth Stones, open up in another on another page uh, where you won't lose the show. And then just move down, and you'll see Booker, Douglas, friends, family and friends, and news and information line. Click on that later on. After the show, you can listen to if Dorothy Jean go through this lineage. It's very interesting. Some of these folks, y'all, might be uh, these names you need to know because you can wind up dating your cousins if you don't watch out. So anyway, <laughs> anyway, back to you, uh, Mr. Baylor. Yeah. Uh, Mama used to love this guy right here. I'm telling, letting everybody know this. My mother, Irene, used to talk about Bobby Baylor. Now, if anybody was impressed by you, she was. She used to talk about you a lot, um, being the intellectual one and, and so forth. And then uh, I, I, that's what I remember about when you, when you was in the project. You used to come through there. And uh, I was impressed because me and Mars and didn't see too many black folks using the kind of words you use in the hood. <laughs> <laughs> so we got a kick out of you. Uh, but Mama talked highly. You was one of another person in the family she used to talk about. But go ahead, Bobby, and just let us know uh, some more things about you. Again, people are going to be listening, if not tonight. They can hear the archives. Uh, they go to the sh- uh, front page that I just, just like I mentioned, and they'll be able to listen to this later on. So just let us know whatever you want to share that uh, you think uh, people may not know about you. Okay, you mentioned your mother, Irene. Uh, we were close together, uh, my brothers and sisters, and Irene and her brothers and sisters. We all grew up on Ross Avenue on the north side, so we were friendly with each other, and we were aware that we were kin people, uh, and we were just very, very close. In fact, Irene and I uh, graduated high school together at I.M. Terrell. Now, we all went to... Clinton Avenue Elementary School on the north side, and then in 1950, they opened Kirkpatrick, and we were all there together. Uh, Irene and I were a little bit closer together, I believe, than any of the rest of them. Well, my sister Melba and Irene's sister, uh, Naomi, were very close together. They were all like sisters. Uh, when we graduated high school, uh, I wasn't a heavy quarter, and Irene wasn't either, so I was her escort to our senior prom. Oh, really? We shared that together. Yes, she was uh, uh, director of the I Am Terrell paper. Uh, she was the editor-in-chief. and Who was? Irene was. Oh, I didn't know that. Yes. And at the same time, I was president of our senior class and president of the student council. So we were fairly prominent at the high school there at I.M. Terrell. 
And it wasn't an unusual thing being cousins that I was her escort for our senior prom, which was really very nice. Uh, I didn't. I didn't know that. Yes. I did not know that. I'm trying to. Mama probably she might have mentioned it, and I just forgot, like folks do. Uh-huh. But uh, you know, ain't no way I'm gonna remember every single thing she said. But I, I, I feel like I do remember in the back of my mind her saying something about you escorting or something. When you said that, it kind of. So maybe, maybe, maybe I do remember. But okay. it's, it's fuzzy. I'm sure Donna or Morris or. One of my brothers and sisters are calling me. Boy, you remember Mama told you that, but I don't remember. I, I, I don't remember specifically, but it does kind of ring a bell. Uh-huh. So, back in the day, at uh, Kirkpatrick, being a student uh, council president, how was that? Uh, now, Kirkpatrick, when we were there, was a school that went from the first to the ninth grade. And uh, I was president of student council out there when we left there in 1952, going to I.M. Terrell. And, uh, well, the school was new. It was only two years old, and we were gone. So after then, uh, it was all students from all over town, all over Fort Worth. In fact, uh that was the only high school in Tarrant County for African-American students. And they all came in from all of the cities around Fort Worth, like Weatherford, uh, Mansfield, Arlington. Uh, They were all bussed in to I.M. Terrell. Uh, Now, let me ask you this, because you know, you would be considered today Bobby is a nerd. You know that, right? You know, probably know where I was going to go with this. But what do you think about young people today? Because today, I mean, we still got, don't get me wrong now, in, in, in young people's defense, younger people's defense, of course we have black student bodies. But, I mean, I'm thinking of, I'm trying to imagine you doing the, uh, you being student body president, mama being uh uh, the, I just can't believe I didn't know that, but I did not know she uh, editor in chief of the Turlite yeah. paper. Uh-huh. Yeah, uh-huh. that's pretty cool. Uh-huh. Um, so how was it in comparison to today? I mean, you know, looking at school situation today, and I mean, how was like? And I notice when I look at all those old pictures, everybody's always dressed. There's one thing about y'all's generation: y'all dressed to the, uh-huh. y'all always dressed like it was a prom every day. Even when I, I looked at a football game one time. You remember little, little uh, 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 they call him Mr. Little, uh, Little John, the one, the, the photographer. Oh, certainly, yes. Okay, he's got some old pictures back when y'all was in school. And I mean, every time I looked at the way y'all dressed back in the day, y'all always dressed. Shoes always shining. I mean, even when you're just chilling. But I saw a football game that just blew me away because, you know, football games, that's when everybody is really relaxing. It looked like a doggone prom, and it was not a prom. Okay. Well, I think the explanation for that would probably be that during those years, uh, African Americans were uh, uh, oppressed, and they were 
persecuted because of who we are. And it was the desire of our parents and all of the adults around us who served as extended parents. They were all interested in seeing us achieve a level of education that would say to the rest of the world that we are as adequate mentally and educationally as any other human group. And they pushed us into excellence. Our teachers, our church groups, and our families all worked together to advance the children of my generation. It was uh, like they were trying to to show us that we needed to prove a point. It was kind of like this. Um, there was a, an African-American doctor, a very prominent doctor in town, named Dr. Ransom, and he was my family doctor. And he said to me once in his office, uh, Bobby, now let me ask you, if you think that you could make 98 on a test and a white boy made 98 on that same test um, and both of you were applying for a job who do you think they would give the job to and of course being that the world view was as it was then I said well they would probably give it to the white boy because he's white and he said, that means you have to make 100 and let him ride with the 98. You have to excel him. And he said it in a way that it was like a parent who was talking to a child. In other words, he's pushing me toward the highest possible score I could make. Uh, and that's the way all of our adults were around us, and they, they, they were concerned about our well-being in the future, and so they recognized that they had to, uh, in whatever way they could, prepare us for a very competitive life in America. And I think they were right. I think they had the right idea because it worked. Now, you mentioned, uh, Seth, uh, a comparison of the children today and the children when my generation were children. What I see is that there has been a, a sort of deterioration in the desire for educational excellence. Uh, and I don't know where that came from, but I think that our people have gotten complacent to some degree with our progress and rather than to continue to encourage and exhort the children toward excellence, we're just kind of uh, satisfied with the uh, the status of the way things are. And then what happens is that the world offers so many different things and uh, so many trends come in that it gets our children's attention where we really ought to have their attention. But there are so many gadgets in place now 
that have just inundated our children and their minds uh, have been turned to all of these things that take their mind away from education. Let me let me ask you let me ask you this, Bobby, <clears throat> because um, while I know that um, that is definitely true, and only a fool would argue that. What what did what did uh, back in the day did, did did your parents do? I mean, this and it's still about Bobby Baylor. I don't want to get up too much into uh, the teachings and beliefs and all that. I mean, if you want to go there, that's fine. But I'm just saying, I, we want to know about Bobby Baylor, the person. But, but now that's on, on that on that note, uh-huh. what did your parents do with y'all back in Mama days when y'all was coming up, and I um, when you was hanging out with Amy Omni and everybody. What what was going on with parenting where y'all escaped that or did y'all escape that? I, I I know you did escape it. Y'all didn't go through it. Y'all wasn't like these uh, kids of the day, you know, being distracted by cell phone, Internet, and uh, all the peer pressure. I mean, they had peer pressure back in the day. But what was Big Mama them doing to Amy Oma and them and, and Amy Robin them? What, what did you see happening in my family or what was happening in your family to make sure that that didn't happen? Or, or was there something ha- to happen at all to make sure that that didn't happen? To make sure what didn't happen? That you weren't distracted by social pressures, that you weren't distracted by the kind of stuff that these kids are distracted today. I know y'all were. Y'all weren't angels. I understand that, believe me. Mm-hmm. But I'm saying it was a different generation. Black folks back then were intelligent. Mama used to talk about it. Let me just, show you, just, just go here for a second. Okay. Mama used to talk about how Y'all went to a class where it actually showed you how to walk. Exactly. It, yeah, that's what I mean. That's I, I didn't want to spill the beans. I want you to share. I mean, what what was going on back in your day that we just don't have right now that you saw happening with the Bookers and and and, and Azalee and Caleb Booker, what my what Grandma them was, uh, Big Mama them was doing with her kids and what your parents was doing with y'all that would be different. Well, I think really uh, one of the significant differences was uh, the manner of discipline that uh, existed at that time. Uh, Corporal punishment was just the way of life. And uh, if you got out of line, uh, they would bring you back very seriously. And everybody was, every adult was like a parent to the children around them. Uh, Cousin Azalee, I always call her, uh, was like a uh, an extended mother. Uh, Cousin Caleb was like an extended father. And they all guarded us very carefully, and especially the boys for some reason. And I think the reason for that was that the boys were at greater risk of abuse from police, from uh, other race groups, mainly the white race group, and they watched over us very carefully. They kept us in line, even with corporal punishment, which was a very good thing then. I think it was necessary to ensure that we uh, got headed in the right direction and chose, made good choices and kept our foot in the right pathways. And then, too, one of the one of the best things in the world that could have ever happened to us was that our parents took us to church. 
Now, that's what's missing in our school system today, uh, the influence of the church. And uh, there were three major institutions that fostered growth. That was the, the home, the school, and the church. Well, now that the church is gone, that's one third of positive influence that our children don't receive. Uh, so they, they 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 provided for us the very best possible things that we could reach for in their own way because most of them were uneducated. And they depended very heavily on the teachers in our schools to take us where they couldn't take us. And that's what happened. They really turned us over to teachers when we were there in a way that said those teachers were our parents also. And, of course, nowadays that's not true anymore. There are certain guidelines that a teacher has to follow uh, with students, but that that wasn't true then. Uh, Let me ask you this, Bobby. What do you remember? I've been really anxious to ask this question. What do you remember? What kind of, you said you you called her Azalee. You just said that. Big Mama. Uh, ain't Robbie's a mother? Ain't Naomi's a mother? What do you remember specifically about her as well, she related to you? Uh, I remember that she was a very efficient mother of the house and housewife. I don't, I don't recall her working outside the home. She might have, but I don't think she did. She stayed there and she really took. In a very significant way, in an admirable way, uh, she was a good role model for the girls who under her. Just as all mothers were, most of the mothers uh, who were in that generation were excellent role models for the girls. Because um, Nazalie was just one of the mothers of the community that everybody respected, loved. And it was always a pleasure for me to visit that household in the 2800 block of Ross. And she was there because she would talk with us just like our mother would talk to us about morals and ethics and going to church and about faith in God and commitment to the Christian faith. All of that was a part of what they did. And they did it so effectively. Yeah, we got some people in the chat room, and I just want to tell everybody, folks, if you're in the chat room and you want to comment, you got to join uh, a blog talk. All you do is give them a name, just a, not give me your real name, just give me your name, and uh, or stage name, as most people do. They'll say, you know, the, the, some crazy, you know, or smart or wise, just whatever you want to call it, you know, yourself. And uh, it only asks like two or three questions, and then you'll pop up with a name. If you don't want people to know who you are, just go into some, you know, and everybody will see whatever you put down. That's how you'll look instead of it saying guest. Right now you're saying you look like a guest. You don't want to be a guest. You want to comment. 
You can do that. You can ask me questions in the chat room. You can post links in the chat room if you want us all to check out something. You can just say, hey, y'all, check this out, and we can click on that whatever link you post and go wherever it's on the net. So let's really use this chat room, okay? So I just want to let y'all know that because as long as you don't do anything, you just look like a yes and you can't chat. Some of y'all want to stay incognito, I understand, but there are other people that might not. So um, we talking with, uh, this is the one and only Bobby Baylor uh, family, and uh, he's an elder, uh, and Mama used to talk about him a lot. I'm sure Morris and, 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 and Moppy and, and uh, maybe not Putt and Moppy because they was kind of young, but I know Donna, myself, yeah, Moppy and Putt, they was in high school actually when you would come around and I think about it. So, um, I'm sure they remember Bobby Baylor, me, Mama talking about you, and uh, uh, that's who we're talking to tonight, folks. And uh, like I said, uh, been sharing different things. If y'all just coming on, the, I see a few people just popped in the chat room, but he's been talking about just life uh, with the Bookers and different things that they've done. So I want to ask you this, Bobby. Uh, um, before I'm doing about three things here at one time, so bear with me. But I want to ask you this: If you had to uh, say something, uh, this is normally the last question I ask. I'm going to ask Uncle Bud this last, but I'm going to ask it to you first, so I won't forget. Okay. What would you say if you was at a church setting and all of the Booker family was there? Everybody was there in our family, and you was up before the people. What? Would you say Because that's exactly Kind of what you are In the future It may not be a, it'd be a lot of people Listening now But in the future People can actually Listen to the archive it's, All of these shows Are recorded So somebody can Next week say I wonder what Bobby Was talking about And they can click on And hear you So eventually Over the next year It may be that Everybody will listen To this show So if they're interested So what would you say to them you know, I guess that's a very good question, but uh, I guess my answer would probably be determined by what the occasion is on that church service. I, that would have some influence on how I would relate to them. But certainly I would feel like my sisters and brothers were there. If you were at Wesley Chapel when we did the last family day, I was so thrilled that Caleb Jr. was there, and no one had mentioned him. And I took the advantage and asked the pastor for a word just before we closed. And I made mention that Caleb Booker Jr. was in the audience. And I guess I did that because I was glad to see him. I was glad that he was back in Fort Worth and reconnected with the family. So when I'm in church and I see all of them there, it's like a, a family reunion. Uh, the people that I grew up with, I mean every day with, who really are, uh, in a sense, my brothers and sisters. I I really miss Alma Jean, and she's deceased now. But she was another significant part of the book of family, and I, it, it, it really, her absence is is uh, quite conspicuous. Irene's absence is conspicuous, 
because there's a, a vacancy there that only they could fill. Nobody can fill their shoes. So we go on because they are departed from us, but um, they're like my family, my immediate family. Even though we're cousins, we grew up like brothers and sisters. So my, I would I would have a, the best feeling in the world to be in, in a church setting with all of the bookers present. Interesting. Well, Bobby, like I've been saying all night tonight, I just came up with this idea, and uh, it's other people do this. I'm not, I ain't, I ain't invented nothing. Uh-huh. But I just figure you got all these family members. It is impossible to drive around and say hi and spend the kind of time that they would really feel like, you know, you care. You just, there's no way. Even calling folks. But if you can have a, 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 a stage where everybody can call in, like Chris called in today. Uh-huh. I didn't know he was going to call in. That, that blew me away because he's so far. Uh-huh. You know, call in and say, hey, man, just want to let you know I support what you're doing. That that that's a lot. That meant a lot to me. Of course. And, uh, people will call in and listen to that archive to see what did Chris say, uh-huh. you know, and while they listen to that, they can hear about the things like you shared tonight. I did not know that about Mama. I know some people might say, "Oh, that's not a big deal." It may not be to some people, but I didn't know that she was uh, uh, that she did the paper for Kurt Patrick. I didn't know that that. that no, but I am Terrell. I am Terrell. I am Terrell. Uh-huh. Right. Uh-huh. Yeah, so I, I didn't, yeah, I didn't know that. I mean, Mama did a lot. I mean, I know back in the day, in her younger days, she did, used to try to tell us a lot. You know how when you kids, you ain't trying to hear nothing your parents are saying. It. I think all these kids are possessed <laughs> with that spirit. But, uh, <laughs> but uh, well, let me interrupt you. Don't worry about them. They belong to God, and His Spirit is going to be with them, just like His Spirit was with us. You know, sometimes I worry about the children of today, too, and then I have to remind myself that God is in charge, and he's going to bring them into fruition just like he works on bringing us into fruition. Do what we can. Plant the seed, but he gives the increase in their lives. So they're going to be all right. They'll be they'll be fine. Amen. Amen. That's a good word. That's a good word. Well, folks. Again, we're talking to the one and only Bobby Baylor, uh, one of Mama's favorite cousins, and I'm sure and Robbie, and Naomi, and Bernard May, everybody will probably say the same thing. Uh, we're just interviewing him. I'm going to take a short little uh, little break here, let him catch his breath, and we'll be back. Bobby, if you could just hold on a second. Uh, we'll be right back. Okay. okay? All right. Just one second here. I uh, I need to uh, try to upload this. This uh, I was going to try to do this. This uh, I want everybody to hear this video that Tanya, that Donna and uh, Donna and uh, her daughter Tanny. You remember Tanny, Donna's daughter? Yes. Well, they had a, a, a song that I wanted to uh, play, but. Uh, I can't get it, so just hold on a second. Maybe I may be able to get that, but let me just go ahead and just take a little break here, okay? Just one second. Okay, all right. 
Okay, we'll play that in the background. Okay. Well, I couldn't get the song by Tanya and I mean about uh, Donna and Tanny, folks. Y'all have to forgive me. We are still still in the um, uh, developing stages here because her and her and Tanny sing this song that I really like. Everybody always asks me to sing it to a musical, whatever. But uh, anyway, back with Bobby Baylor here. Um, another uh, another. Spotlight on an elder. We'll do this every single Sunday night, everybody, from 10 to 11. The second half of the two-hour show, we'll spotlight it on. The purpose of this is to let everybody know a little bit more about uh, it, is to inform the family about a particular elder. Okay, y'all know y'all think y'all know Ain't Robbie. I know y'all think y'all know Vernon uh, May. But there is other things that they've done that you just simply may not be aware of. And so this is a way to hear it from their mouth, what they're doing, what they've done, and what they plan to do. Uh, they may have a, a word of knowledge or a word for us for you. Uh, uh, I know a lot of young people don't want to hear no preaching, but uh, this is our elders, and they have been where we've been. And uh, believe me, the Bible talks about uh Wisdom, being with the old, you know, how it comes with old age, you know, and so you better be trying to listen to the elders. I'm telling you, that's the one thing about these churches today, Bobby, I really don't like is the, the counselors is getting younger and younger. There's something about people that counsel you. They are now getting younger and younger. Now you've got people 20 you know, 24, 25 years old married couples trying to counsel people that's in their 50s. And I don't mean that they, they don't know what they're talking about, but it's just there's something about elders. Don't mean they write all the time. Mm-hmm. Definitely don't mean they write. Sometimes they, sometimes they cause more fuss in the family than anybody. But it's still good to have them around. So I really thank you for accepting to come on the show and uh, be a part of the show. I really, really, really thank you for that, Bobby. Certainly, uh, certainly. It'll be, it'll be show number two. It'll be show number two. And uh, again, folks, in the future, if y'all want to listen to this, and I have to keep repeating this because we get people coming on the, in the chat room and on the phone lines at different times. Uh, but if you want to hear this in its entirety, this show, if you miss some of it, don't worry. After the show goes off, go to blogtalkradio.com slash five. The number five underscore smooth underscore stones, and uh, all you gotta do is look at the in the top right hand corner where it says five smooth stones. Right click on that, pop it up in another on another screen. Don't erase what we're doing right here, and just move down, and you'll see the first show we did with Uncle Bud. You can listen to any of these shows; they'll be on that front page. But Bobby, I want to ask you a little bit more about Terrell. I am Terrell. What year you graduate? 1955. Okay. Let, let me let me inject something about those years, and I think they are significant. They're interesting, and they might serve to encourage young people today to uh, to shoot high for education. When we graduated high school, Irene and I uh, together in '55, there were no colleges open to African-Americans in either Dallas or Fort Worth. 
if we went to college, we had to leave town to go. There were no schools open to us. I made application to SMU, to TCU, to Arlington State College, it was then, and to North Texas State College, it was then. And all four of them said no. In fact, uh, TCU wrote me one sentence in response to my application to enroll there, and it said, we do not admit Negroes in our undergraduate courses. But we we were determined that we were going to get an education, so it was it was not a big thing for us to pack up and leave home and go to college. And that's what we did. Uh, however, today, all three of my degrees are from TCU. Uh, they opened much later and started to admit us, but when we finished in 55, there were no schools open to us above the high school level. Now, another interesting thing, too, I went to Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia. Oh, hold on a second, Bobby, because I heard some breaking up. What you or me? Big pardon? Let's stop then. Tell us It might be my cord. I was moving about, and I'll okay. be still. Okay. I'll be still. <clears throat> Do you still hear it? Not this this second. Okay. Is it okay now? It's perfect now. Okay. I was saying I went to Morehouse College in Atlanta, Georgia, and to show you how the world was then when we came up. Uh, this was the the period of time when the civil rights movements were being born. Well, uh, when I went to Atlanta to attend Morehouse College, all all of our people here had a very negative view of the deep southern states like Georgia, Mississippi, Alabama, and that was to go there was like taboo. Uh, and, and to show you a good example of what I mean by that, my parents cautioned me uh, on my train rides through those states going to Atlanta to not get off the train, don't ra- don't raise your win- window uh, shade, be sure it's down all the way through Alabama and Mississippi. Try to be as inconspicuous as possible until you got to Atlanta. What we didn't really know was that uh, the African Americans in Atlanta were quite a bit more progressive than we were here because there are six colleges there in that town that uh, are significant schools and they are well recognized schools. Morehouse being really the Cadillac of our schools and Spelman right there together in Atlanta and I had never seen a black policeman until I got to Atlanta never seen a black uh, bus driver until I got to Atlanta and they were light years ahead of us but we didn't know it here because the media was not efficient television was just quite young 
So we didn't really know a lot about those areas of the country. And our parents had a very negative view, and they wanted to guard us, shelter us, and keep and make certain that we were safe. That was the same year Emmett Till was killed in Mississippi. So you can see that uh, race relations were, were not very good at that time, and it was dangerous. And for that reason, our parents really guarded us and protected us. But uh, I couldn't live back then. I couldn't live back then. I think I, I might think I know for a fact. I know beyond a shadow of doubt, I would have killed somebody. I just know I would have, <laughs> and I I would have probably died from being killed by somebody. But I know for a fact I would have murdered. Probably at least five or six people. Okay, I've heard that. I before. mean, I'm not even a murderer. I'm not even a murderer, but the people back in that day that would do, I just don't think I could have lived back then. I just don't think I could have lived back then. Well, you could have. You could have. You're, you're no different from us. You can adjust to anything, and you can hope and then work toward a goal of progress or a goal of liberation, really, it was. And I think that's what the Civil Rights Movement was all about, being liberated into real freedom, into into really uh, first-class citizenship as as we are today, really. Uh, of course, there's still some prejudice, but not certainly not like it was then. But we survived it, and I think it was God's hand that brought us through that. No, well, I you know, know what, Bobby? I, you know what, Bobby? I don't really mean in a vicious way. I just think people that are healthy with a a, a healthy self-esteem. I just think that smart, wise people kill their enemies. I mean, the Most High had Israel. When people act it up, you deal with them. You don't let people come into your house and mistreat your wives and break in your house and do all this stuff to your family. you just standing there. That's what I mean by I think I would have killed somebody. I don't mean just, oh, I hate white people. I'm talking about there would have been somebody that would have violated my children's rights or my rights and I would have defended myself, and that would have probably happened four or five times, which means I would have probably killed four or five people. That's what I mean. I don't mean something wild and crazy. Well, I think you feel that way because uh, of the world that you live in today. You see, we have been liberated, and you guys did not experience that. You didn't come through that. So you have a different perspective on relationships today than we had at that time. Uh, our hope was and our objective was to gain the the rights that other people have in this country. And I think that the civil rights movement headed by Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. was the right way to do it. Uh, There were some who who were in that era with him who thinks like you do, like uh, Stokely Carmichael. Uh, he could not take that uh, that passive role and someone hit you and you don't do anything. 
or someone violate you and you you refuse to uh to retaliate on them in a physical way the retaliation hall always has to be thought out mentally it has to be wise it has to be uh on the perspective of how Jesus has taught us to live in this world turn the other cheek and to know that he's there and if you let him He'll fight your battles, and he'll bring you through it. And that's what has happened. I stand in the classrooms every day when I'm teaching school, and I see the realization of his dream. And God brought us through that. He'll fight your battles if you let him. And I know that's true. You know, uh, you know, I don't want to... Without a, uh, I'm just say this much without you know turning into a, a class on 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 uh, because I know you probably would school me anyway on this. I, I'll give you the floor on that, but I just think you know I'll say this to you, Bobby, and that is this: everybody all over the world. I looked at the African countries that got their liberation this way, and I look at Af- African countries that got their liberation that way. And I think in the end, those that were kind and more patient, they have working relationships with the powerful countries like the United States and Britain and all that stuff. Uh-huh. Those that said, like Mugabe said, we're giving y'all 48 hours to get out of here, they got their liberation too. And they got their liberation faster. But they are suffering because these countries are their enemies and they boycott them. So I think you can get it either way. I just think, you know, if you're dealing with the United States, if you're going to be dealing with the same enemies in the future, it might hurt you. Okay, you know what now? You have to look at this too. In America, we were a significant minority. We had no weapons. Uh, the law was not on our side. But in those countries, the, Af- the uh, black people were the majority. So they True. They could, Very good. They could organize themselves. In very good. Very good observation. Uh-huh. I told you. Uh-huh. I knew you'd come at a different way at that. Uh-huh. But listen, let me ask you a question uh, about the about you, Bobby Bailey. So you don't have any children, right? Right. Okay. You're not married, right? Right. Okay. I'm the, so, I'm the city's most eligible bachelor. <laughs> <laughs> But now let me let me uh, say this. I probably have more children than most people who are married, not my uh, blood children, but because I played at First St. John Baptist Church so long, and that church was located in Butler Housing, there were many children over there who grew up in a single-parent home. Now, for those of y'all who don't know what Butler Housing is, it's the project, East Side Project. There are somebody out there that don't know what Butler Housing is. Okay. Okay. And uh, uh, the men of that church took on the role of big brother or extended father, and we were the role models for those families and those children who grew up over there without fathers. And believe me, I've still got about 25 of them that I can't get rid of. 
they are really my children. Uh, really? Mm-hmm, they're really mine. Yeah, I saw Dino the other day at uh, um, uh, 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 Wesley Chapel, and that blew me away. I mean, uh-huh. man. I, 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 and you know when I met him, uh, I was in the projects walking up toward First St. John of Stevenson Street years ago, and two little boys ran out of their apartment and stopped me and said, Hey, mister. Uh, we gone to church this morning, and uh, we don't know how to tie our ties. Would you tie our ties for us? <laughs> and I stopped and put my bag down, and got down on my knee, one knee, and I tied their ties. One of those guys was Dino, and you know what? He's still with me. He's still with me. And his brother is too. He just doesn't live with him. But Dino actually lives in the You're house. Talking about with Tommy? Him. No, I'm talking about Red. Oh, okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there's just a number of people over there that uh, that that look at me like their dad. Leonard Cross. He's here now in Fort Worth from Jacksonville, Florida. And he's down there. He plays for a church. I taught him piano lessons, and he's an excellent musician now. He has me to come down frequently and do music workshops, citywide music workshops, with his church spearheading the effort. I recently went down there and did a conference with ministers and other churches uh, for their new session, religious education, and our theme was equipping the disciples of Christ for effective witness. I went down and did a conference that started at 10 a.m. and went all the way through to 6 p.m. that evening. And it was because Leonard Cross negotiated for me to come down there and do this. Now, he's aware that I'm in the ministry and that I've done some advanced studying at Bright Divinity School over at TCU. So he asked me to come down and uh, conduct this uh, workshop and the conference, and it was absolutely marvelous. I will always treasure that single event. Let me ask you this, um, and everybody, for those of y'all joining in, uh, I think we got somebody just popped in here a little bit on the chat room. Uh, we're talking to Minister Bobby Baylor. Bobby Baylor, y'all know about sports and names, I'm sure. Bobby, some people might call you. Uncle Bobby, some people may call you. But uh, anyway, we're talking to uh, one of our cousins. And uh, he is an elder in the So those of y'all, if you have any questions in the chat room, of course, everybody's under the guest name. If you have any questions, you have got to register with Blog Talk. We got to be registered anyway because y'all will be listening to this in the future. And that way, comment in the chat room and ask questions and make comments. And I'll, I'll broadcast your comments if you don't want to call the phone lines. You also can call the phone lines. 
press 1 on your phone. Those of y'all on the phone lines, if you press 1 on your phone, I will see it, and I will open up the line and ask Bobby a question, or you can make whatever comment you want to make. Uh, uh, don't forget, y'all, this is going to be every single Sunday, every Sunday night. You won't always have me as a host, though, unfortunately, because I just can't do it, but we'll have somebody hosting this every, might be you, uh, every week, 9 to 11 Central Standard Time. So, again, Bobby, we got about uh, um, about six minutes and want to know more about you. Well, five minutes now, so uh, I want you to just share a little bit more, and then we'll go ahead and wrap this show up. Okay. Well, presently, um, I'm uh, with the Olivet Missionary Baptist Church here in Fort Worth as their assistant pastor, and I'm in charge of all of their music. And I maintain uh, a group of singers called Olivet Men's Ensemble, Um, six guys who... Some of them came out of the projects on the east side who are excellent vocalists now. You mentioned a song, too, that you said Donna and her daughter did together. Uh, it, back in 1985, I believe it was, uh, Donna and her sister Tanya, my sister, and two or three other ladies, and some of the guys from Butler Housing Project, Robert Grant, James Nichols, and some others, did an album of uh, my original songs. And uh, I remember one day we were recording at First St. John. I had the recording equipment set up in there. And Tanya and Donna and my sister Melba and I provided all of the background for the leads who were who were to sing the song. And the title of the song was Give Your Life to Jesus. Well, we, we put that background on a, a track, and we were going to dub in the other uh, lead singers later. Well, at the time, I remember having a case of the flu, and I was just getting over it. And I was at the church one night alone, and I I had decided we need to get this finished, so I was going to try to sing those three verses by myself. When a knock came on the side of the church door, and I got up and opened it, and it was Robert Grant who came up in the projects with uh, you you guys. We called him Bubba Grant. And then, I guess five or six minutes later, someone else came to the door and knocked, and it was Leonard Cross. And those two guys are super singers, and they came in and dubbed their voices on what Tanya and my sister Melba and Donna had laid out on track for them. And the recording is is still available. And I'm gonna I'm gonna make sure I put that in your hands so you'll have one. 
All right, and you know what I'm gonna do? What's when that? you do that, I'm gonna turn around and put it on and what on this family thing where everybody can actually hear that. Okay. I just got a reminder. We got uh, literally 60 seconds before this cutoff. So, okay. Bobby, I'm gonna you make sure you you keep your word and get that to me, and I'll make sure everybody hear it. Okay? I sure will. But I want to thank you for stopping by. I'm wrapping up because it's gonna cut off. It literally is gonna cut everybody off. About, uh, okay. It was my pleasure. Yeah, thank you for stopping by, and you can. I'll tell you later how you can listen to this on the archives. You can, uh, you can email. You can email the link to people, and then everybody can hear it. I'm very serious, so I'm gonna go ahead and uh, just again thank you for stopping by. I'll, and uh, just want to thank everybody for stopping by, y'all. Don't forget next week, nine to eleven. Uh, stop by, and we'll have another uh, spotlight on another elder. Okay, so Bobby. Um, go ahead and disconnect, but uh, I'll talk to you a little later on. And okay. Thanks. thanks for the opportunity to chat with you. All right. Okay. So, there you have it. That's Bobby Baylor, and uh, I just enjoyed it. I knew I would. You always have a lot to say. So talk to everybody next week. I love every single one of y'all. Ain't nothing you can do about it. Talk to you later. Good night, sir. All right, good night. Thank you.
for Tom Thumb. Here's a suggestion for you. Save a little cash and show your Cowboys spirit as well. On game day this year, wear a Cowboys jersey and you'll save 10% on all your groceries. And of course, I know just the jersey to wear. Tom Thumb, the official supermarket and pharmacy of the Dallas Cowboys. Use a reward card to get bone-in rib sirloin half pork loin or pork shoulder butt roast, $1.79 a pound. Washington Honey Crisp Apples, $1.99 a pound. And Gatorade Thirst Quencher, 32 ounces or Propel Enhanced Water, 700 milliliters, 79 cents each. Judy was boring. Hello. Then Judy discovered Chumbacasino.com. It's my little escape. Now Judy's the life of the party. Oh, baby, mama's bringing home the bacon. Whoa, take it easy, Judy. The Chumba life is for everybody. So go to Chumbacasino.com and play over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Don't you love an extra $100 in your pocket? Have a TurboTax expert file your taxes for you by March 31st to get $100 back instantly. Because no matter what moves you made last year, TurboTax makes them count. That means getting $100 back and 100% accurate taxes only from Intuit TurboTax. 
Must file by 331. Credit only applicable to federal filing fees with TurboTax full service. Offer can be modified or terminated at any time. 